Join us and unwind with a good book. Welcome to Relaxing Reads. Hi, it's Deb in Halifax. Hi, it's Simone in Vancouver. Hey, it's Tanya in Edmonton. Our latest read, X's and O's, is about a romance novel-obsessed social media influencer, Tara Chen, who revisits her exes on her hunt for true love in this rom-com from author Amy Lee. Romance novel connoisseur Tara has had her heart broken 10 times by 10 different men, all of whom dumped her because of her stage five clinger tendencies. Nevertheless, she's determined to find the one. The only problem? Classic meat cutes are dead thanks to modern dating apps. So Tara decides to revisit her exes in hopes of securing her very own trope-worthy second-chance romance. Enter firefighter Trevor Metcalf, who's the first to rush into a burning building, but the last to rush into a relationship. Love just isn't his thing. And when his new roommate Tara enlists him to help her reconnect with her exes, he reluctantly agrees. But Tara's journey is leading him to discover his own new chapter. So, ladies, there was a whole lot of something in there, wasn't there? Hot, <laughs> hot, hot. Yeah, it was sizzling, as you might expect it with was... a firefighter in the story. Yes, I think that, you know, <laughs> one of my first thoughts is when um, it, Tara goes to go to her new place and uh, and firefighter, you know, Trevor is 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 having some intimate relationships with a woman in the kitchen. <laughs> and then he turns around and she kind of sees the whole package and the way that, you know, it's like, how big was it? That's what I wanted to know. Like, yeah. I think, so- <laughs> I think this might have been the steamiest book we've ever read because we've read a lot of, you know, rom-coms and um, romance books. But this one was just when it starts like that, I was like, What's going to happen next? <laughs> right. Yeah. It wasn't just suggesting things. It was all out there. It was happening. Yeah. It, it was happening there. Yeah. I mean, it was like that that slow burn. It takes a while. But then when you get there, it's like, oh, my goodness. But the yeah. slow burn is nice because you're like, it, it makes you want to read faster because you're like, yes. when's it going to happen? What's going to happen? Just let me know. And I think that's what made me get through this book so quickly because I was so curious as to how this was going to go go because I didn't I didn't think that it was going to end the way it did but a part of me hoped it would I was just I was really lost uh, during certain parts but yeah it was good it was very good yeah yeah (laughs) I just think this whole idea of you know your life kind of being a little bit out of control and and you know Tara in the in the book the, the lead character she's like she needs to find a date for this Valentine's Day dance at work and so she goes through all of her exes to try to figure out you know what went wrong but maybe there's a maybe there's hope of rekindling some of that like have you guys <laughs> have you guys ever like rekindled with an ex or thought that that would be a good idea <gasps> No, but can I tell you something? So a few weeks ago when I had my time off work, I took a a week off just to burn some vacation days. And I ended up going downtown uh, in the city to meet some some girlfriends and we went out to lunch. And while I was at at lunch, one of my exes from broadcasting school is now like the general manager of this restaurant. And I just see him and I was like, what the heck? It's been over 20 years since I've seen him. And and I was like, well, maybe he doesn't remember me because it was 
a very short-lived, like, you know, broadcast school romance, like less than a month. <laughs> but it made the rest of the program very awkward. But anyways, I saw him and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know, maybe he's not going to recognize me. And then all of a sudden he, he sees me from across the way, gives me a little wink and then walks over and he's like, hey, how's it going? Like, what's it been? Like 20 years? And I was like, yes, oh my gosh. it has. And then there was, it was, there was something wrong with my friend's Diet Pepsi. <laughs> and so he's like, let me go fix that for you right away. But it was kind of funny. And then on the way home, I was just, I don't know why I started thinking about him. And I was like, wow, it's been a long time. And now he's married. He's got, you know, he has a son and another uh, child on the way. It was just one of those things that made me kind of think about ex-boyfriends for that. And I haven't had many, but I just was like in that kind of zone. So when I started reading this, I'm like, it's interesting when you find kind of those moments to reflect. And and some of them I've never seen again. Like my ex-boyfriend from high school, Mm -hmm. it's been like over 30 years, never seen him. So it's just interesting that you're like, am I ever going to run into them again? Or is that, was that just done and dusted now? You know? Mm, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've never really, I've never looked up old boyfriends like, like Tara has. Um, But I have, I was living in Vancouver and, and I was at, um, you know, that really high end department store downtown, Simone Leone's or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was down there and I happened to have, like, it was the first guy who kind of broke my heart. He was an artist. He went to Alberta College of Art. He was like this alternative guy. He smoked Dunhill cigarettes and it's just like, (laughs) and had the best hair ever, like from back in the 80s, dyed black and looked like Robert Smith. Anyway, I was living in Vancouver and I happened to be walking in, in this department store downtown Vancouver and, uh, and I saw him. <laughs> I saw him, and I'm like, and I actually ducked behind a pillar because I didn't want to. Uh-huh. I didn't want to see him. It was just so because he ended up going up. You know, we were at Earl's one time when I was going out with him, and he said he didn't like this server, and we always used to like talk about her. And then he ended up going out with her. Oh, and then he married oh. her. He married her. It was just like this crushing thing. I was young, but it's this crushing thing. So when I saw him in Vancouver, I'm like. <gasps> No. <laughs> did you did you talk to him? No. You just kind no, of avoided I didn't, him. I ducked. You ducked and darted. And I, think, I ducked and darted. I think I that's did. what you think. Like when you see them, are you going to talk to them? Or are you going to look the other direction? And uh, that's because you're just, you know, it's especially when time has pa- passed or someone's broken your heart. It's, yeah, it's a whole different scenario. I think with um, those who might have been in my life, for for a moment in time, I've usually been uh, living in the in the same area, so you know close by. So initially, it was, gosh, where can I go where I can actually avoid them? Because you have so many similar places that you hang out, or mm-hmm. uh, you know small towns. Um, so, but lately there have been you know a couple I've been thinking about. But we live hours away, so I'm not necessarily going to run into them. But I would probably do, I think initially, early on after, you know, you kind of end things, be darting and and looking for cover. Um, But now I think it would be, (laughs) it, it might not be as awkward. And I think that there are a couple I would like to catch up with and, you know, kind of do what Tara did and ask the questions and, and find out what happened exactly? Because things were left, you know, kind of open-ended and and there was no real closure. 
So Deb, you need to do that. And you need to allow us into that journey because, you know, especially as you grow and you mature and you become an, you know, an adult, you, you handle things differently that you did maybe when you were in an emotional state during that breakup. So it would be nice if you didn't have that closure you needed to just ask those questions, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think it, you know, it may weigh on you from time to time. And then something triggers or, or like a memory or something you shared. And then you wonder, why, why didn't I take charge and just say, hey, you know, I, I just have one question. Why? And, and give me an answer. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. Instead of just kind of gradually walking away um, and not giving you anything. Yeah. And, and I think with Tara, too, like a lot of these, all these relationships are from like her college days or high school sweethearts. Right. So I think mm-hmm. she was also finding as she was meeting them, you know, she's much, you know, she's older now. And I think she's sort of looking at it going, oh, yeah, yeah. Like the guy who showed up on the Segway. <laughs> <laughs> what a character. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Oh, I mean, you only yes. date Jeff's, those kind of guys at a certain part in your <laughs> certain time in your life, right? You go uh-huh. revisit that and you're like, oh boy, wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I loved it's, it how she went through all the guys, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how different uh, you recognize that you were in that particular time in your life. You know, you're younger and, you know, every few years you go to go through changes. And then, you know, five to ten years, you're a completely different person. And mm-hmm. at the time, you don't think that there would be that much change in your life. But then, yeah, you see a character like him show up and think, wow. I was into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I laughed out loud at that one, actually. I did. I, there were a lot of laughs. I love that, you know, reading it was, was quite entertaining, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think it's just, it takes you back to almost your younger days, you know, when you're a little more free and you're just such a hopeless romantic. Well, at least I was. Like, I could fall in love with somebody different every week, whether it's someone on television Uh or somebody else. And it just kind of takes you to that place. Like, I've been, you know, in a relationship with someone for over 20 years. So it's been a long time since I've had kind of those, when you're, you know, feeling each other out, you're piquing each other's interest and and doing that. So it's kind of nice to to read books like this because it's kind of that little uh, escape that takes you back to that part of you yeah absolutely and And it takes you back to like an innocent part of you in a lot of ways like you just don't know what you know now and um and so you see you know these these characters these exes that that tara is looking up and she's sort of going oh oh okay you know and you just you can kind of relive that yourself through you can think about your own exes and the relationships that you had and i thought the book was very relatable that way and so it was a lot of fun to read it sure was yeah and i think the mm-hmm. same thing about the innocence and i definitely was one of those uh, kids that fell in love with just about every person every student in my class <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're really cute today. I don't know what it is. And then another week I'm on to somebody else, you know, little little Mm -hmm. friends. That was like a long time ago. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, she she certainly has kept all of those thoughts about all of those people for a very long time and, and holding on to things as well. In the book, she explores 10 past romances or has a list of 10. She doesn't quite explore all of them. The part about holding on to them or holding on to their things was interesting too. Have any of you kept anything belonging to ex-boyfriends? 
I have like letters. an X Files box. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> I have letters. I remember again, my art boyfriend. Um, he wrote me this letter about, um, and I remember it to this day because he's into art. Pavlov's uh, Pavlov's dog. You know that that whole theory of like I'm trying to think of how that even went now. Um, when you salivate just thinking about something, it's like it's like an, an existential kind of experience. And I think he was a uh, a philosopher. Anyway, he wrote me this whole letter about all of this stuff, and I'm like, I still have it somewhere. Huh. <laughs> but I don't. Yeah, I kept all. I have a lot of letters actually from ex boyfriends, but no, no, no stuff. Like I think in the book, Tara. Uh, you know kind of connected with one guy and or she didn't actually connect with them she sort of a phone call or something and he said yeah I just want my t-shirt back <laughs> right yes yes after how many years it was a Beatles t-shirt or something it's like yeah I just I just want my t-shirt back uh wow uh, yeah I've got I've got a box full of stuff uh anything from like you know framed photos I mean it's a shoe box so it's not massive but it's still at my parents place like I haven't I'm married now I haven't brought it over to my house so it like doesn't really hold any value for me but it's just one of those things I haven't really thrown away but I think about it all the time I think about just get rid of it. Like, I, I don't go through mm. it. I don't need it. But I don't know why I have it. And it's not like I want to, mm. you know, I'm sure if my mom ever sold the house she's in or whatever, it would just get tossed because I don't want to bring that over to to my home. Um, yeah. But it's just there. So I don't know. Like, it made me think, okay, maybe next time I go to my, my parents' house, I just throw it away. What do I need it for? <laughs> Except for there is one I stole for an ex-boyfriend in high school. I stole a baby picture, I think, from his mantle because I thought he looked cute as a baby. And I've got that. So I've had guilt over that where I'm like, oh, you know, this was a photo like, you know, maybe his mom took of him. Maybe I should find a way to drop this <laughs> off to him because it's a baby photo. It's not like a photo of us grown up. It's just, you know, right, it's a cute right. photo. And I'm like, I don't want to throw like a baby photo in the trash. <laughs> Like, you know, oh my gosh, that that is sweet. Wouldn't wouldn't his his folks think that was cute <laughs> or they'd be like, oh, she's crazy and she's returning his things like <laughs> all these years she wants later. back in. <laughs> that gives me an idea. Good, good way to declutter, like look at some of the pictures that I still have, put them in a box and then decide, OK, is it worth hanging on to? Um, but I, I don't have a lot of things either. And I think with in recent years, it's hanging on to emails or like there's mm-hmm. there's, you know, a text or something in uh, it's in my inbox. I don't know why it's there. I never go to it. But and I don't also I, I also don't want to open it up for fear of reading whatever might be there. <laughs> so I think I should start decluttering. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. how sometimes, we hold on to those things, you know? Mm. Yeah, and, and then sometimes, like, you know, when you do have letters or emails or texts, or, you know, sometimes you don't, I mean, you want to keep them, but you don't really want to go down that road and feel the way you felt uh, when you yes. got it. So it's kind of, it's a weird, you know, it's a weird thing um, with that. It's like, I don't, I'm not that person anymore, but, you know, when you read it, you're like, ah. Oh remember the pain. (laughs) But do you find now the three of us work in radio and, you know, we're around music all day. And do you find, you know, Mm -hmm. with songs, they take you back to moments and there's some songs I'll hear and I'm like, oh, Oh, it just takes me back all the time (laughs) to that moment, that feeling. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I remember like I grew up in a in a lake community and um, there was a bunch of us kids, farm kids, and it was the year that uh, Foreigner 4 came out, that album. And every single song on that album reminds me of partying in this old house 
with all these kids. And, and, and during that time, there was like, you know, there was a death and then there was, you know, so it's a big emotional journey. That's like when I was 14 to 16 years old, I think. And so when I hear anything by Foreigner, in particular that album, it's like, bang, I am right back yeah. in that space. <laughs> oh, it's so powerful, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Power of music. Like yeah. nothing else. Like smell, I guess, too, right? But yeah, uh, yeah. really just, just takes you back. Yeah. I was just going to ask about her exes, about Tara's exes, and, and if you had a favorite of hers in the book. I really liked uh, the storyline with Daniel, her, you know, childhood mm-hmm. love. I thought that was really sweet and innocent still. Like when they ended up getting together, they were able to kind of go back and, and have conversations like they did. And of course, nothing was going to come out of it. But it was just, again, that beautiful, innocent friendship. And I also liked Brandon, the one who wanted to just travel the world. The even though Son of a diplomat. Yeah. Like even <laughs> yeah. though I was like a part of him seems kind of shallow and he'd probably cheat on me. But like it was like, but the adventure <laughs> was calling. I was like, that would be fun. So I think those two, they were the ones that I was kind of like, oh, they're not, they're not terrible. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I think Simone too, I was sort of with Daniel for sure, because he, he, he was her childhood sweetheart. And he just ended up being this sweet guy that she remembers as a kid. And so I really love that. He didn't really want anything from her. And when she said what she was doing, and then she ended up taking him to to the Valentine's Day dance, it was just really really lovely like I just liked his character and I got why why she had such a close bond with him because they were kids and so that that was really cool Brandon I was interested in because I think Tara was like he wanted to travel the world and he wanted to do this and it's like why didn't I want to do that mm-hmm. I want to do mm-hmm. that you know and then she goes and meets him and she's like yeah no this guy is just like he you know his his trips isn't just you know a two-week trip to Mexico he is traveling 24-7, and so she finally realized, like, yeah, that's not me. How exciting that may sound, that is not me. So I thought that was kind of interesting because I think we do prop up some of our exes in a certain light of, you know, we should still be with them. And then you realize, like Tara did, that that's why I'm not because I didn't want that life. thought I did, but I didn't. Yeah. So those two were kind of yeah. interesting, yeah. I was also a fan of both of them, especially Daniel. And I was hopeful before we found out eventually what happened. Um, I thought, oh, I really I am hoping for her. I want I want them both to be together. And uh, I, I, I think because they had such a such a bond and he didn't forget her. He remembered everything about their you know relationship at a very young age. And um, I was also for a moment hopeful that Seth and his character might actually turn around and recognize how wonderful she was and that she was actually the the one that got away. And even though, you know, he dumped her and he was had moved on quite quickly, I I was hoping that he wouldn't turn into being such a jerk. (laughs) Yeah. And isn't it interesting that we were kind of rooting for her, like we said, for her to be with Daniel, be with someone else, but then you're rooting for her to be with Trevor. So this is why this novel is so different. It's kind of like, it is like how they used to, Trevor and and Tara used to sit on the couch and watch The Bachelor. It was very Bachelor-esque. And I think he was sucked into it too. Like he wanted to know about these exes, where in a lot of cases, you know, if you like someone, you're like, 
don't tell me about your ex. I don't want to know. Where he wanted to know and he was invested in her story. And yeah, here we are rooting um, for her to be like, ooh, I wonder if a second chance romance will happen. But at the same time, it's like, no, but we we want Trevor to, you know, get himself together yeah. and tell her he likes her. <laughs> I don't yes. know about you guys, but I just, you know, you talk about them, yes, yeah, sitting on the couch together because they were forced together roommates, right? And and I just, you know, I just love the easy banter between them, you know, and there's a scene in the book that, that I still think about. It's when... It's when she goes and locks herself in the bathroom. I think that's after she got mm-hmm. there first and saw him with another woman. And and then he goes and gets a bag of Cheetos and he like feeds her. It gives her, you know, Cheetos between the door and they talk be- between the door. And at that point, I thought, I wonder if something's going to happen with these two, because I just loved that exchange. It was just so easy. And, and that continued, you know, throughout the book that they had this really cool relationship I mean there was a lot of stuff going on underneath the surface of course this is a slow burn you know Mm -hmm. you know that they probably have feelings for one another but it's just the ability to just be themselves with each other and how you know she is like a lot in a lot of ways and he just raises (laughs) his eyebrow and I love that like he was opposites attract right he can't stand the fact that Mm -hmm. she doesn't eat properly and her books are all over the place and he's meticulous about you know there's this one scene where he's like bleaching down the counter you know i'm like oh my gosh well even organizing her books and stuff that's really cute Mm -hmm. it was really cute there was a lot of cuteness uh, you know uh, along with her quirkiness there was yeah, it was just, it was very sweet. There were, I really loved it. And I felt like, oh my gosh, I'd love to hang out with them and just admire what they had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think we all sort of want that. I was actually thinking I'd really, I mean, I have had relationships with guys in that sort of sense. And I just, you know, truth be told, I really love men. Like I like hanging out with men. I like them as friends and I just there's just something that I I love talking to them. I love all that kind of stuff, you know, so I just really loved that whole part between Trevor and Tara. And I Loved think it. that's just it. They they were great at communicating. And I think because they were able to build a friendship that this, you know, mm-hmm. it will lead to a successful relationship because they put everything else aside and they just really got to know each other and talk about things. And even right. when they finally, you know, get together in the end, it was kind of like, let's always just be honest. If there's something you is that is bothering you about me, tell me right away. Do not hold it. Do not wait to, to let the resentment build up. Let's just call it out and talk about it and then move on. And I think that's so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, who, who knows? It might turn into a romance. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a romance. People forced together and then, yeah, you, you basically are so comfortable with one another. You tell each other everything. And oh, I just love that. I loved, you know, if you have the hots for somebody, like it, there's a part in the book where she, she had a sex dream about mm-hmm. him. Like yeah. we've all been there, right? <laughs> Having those. Oh yeah. my yes. <laughs> those hot, sex dreams. <laughs> yep. It's like, oh wow. You just don't want to have one about a guy at work. No. And that happened to me no, one no. time. Yep, like, it's happened to that's me. Like you, and it's like you go to work and it's like you just you just blush and you just don't want to run into this person. It doesn't mean anything. I know. You just think, why yeah. did I have or that you, dream? Yeah, you or you forget you forget <laughs> that you had the dream, and then you think, "What is so familiar about you today?" <gasps> oh, oh, never mind, no. never mind. Oh, we were together last night in my dreams. <laughs> 
Someone once told me. Someone once told me that when you're dreaming, you know, whoever you're dreaming of, like your souls are together uh, at night together, and that's why you're dreaming of each other. What? So I always think, like, okay, if I had a dream about that person, did they dream about me too? Like, is yeah. did they have some kind of weird <laughs> connection? And then now, like, they're thinking about me, and I'm thinking about them, and we're both just like really weird. <laughs> yeah, awkward. I know. <laughs> So when you think about these two that are, like, you know, kind of thrown together and, you know, this lovely relationship develops between them and then gets really hot towards the end. And, of course, she's looking at all her all of her, her exes. Um, but she also has like an Instagram account or I can't remember what she calls it, but she's, you know, hey, book lovers, that sort of stuff. And she's always talking about the fact that it's really hard to meet meet cutes is what she calls them, you know, people for real, in a cafe, when you're out and about, and she's like, it's become so difficult in today's world, you know, because everybody's online. Like, do you actually Mm -hmm. meet anybody physically anymore? Is there an opportunity to do that? Or do you, like, hide behind a screen and exchange, you know, a month's worth of emails before you finally meet? (laughs) What do you guys, I don't know, I think it's kind of sad. I, 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 you know, I met my my guy organically, if you want to call it that, at a at a, a nightclub that had opened up. You know, after COVID, and it just sort of like, it just sort of happened. You know, um, and I've done the online thing, and it's uh, crazy. I think for me, I feel like I, I've I've not done online dating, but I certainly look quite a bit. I've just not made that commitment to actually um, sign up. And and go ahead with it. Um, But I do uh, message a number of people uh, through other social media, you know, connections that we've had or we've we follow each other. Uh, And again, it's more of the, you know, I'm just really comfy uh, behind my laptop or on my phone Mm -hmm. chatting. And I don't know if it's convenience with everything today. And that's how it has become as far as relationships go, unless it's some, like some major spark. And it's like, you know what, we have got to make this happen. Um, I I don't know about the meet cutes either because of the way that we date in this world of ours today. Now, like for anyone who grew up in the last 15 to 20 years, you've just been around screens. So that is natural to you. Whereas we growing up, you know, still, if we wanted to play with a friend, we had to show up at their door and go knock and talk to them. It wasn't just sending a text message and saying, hey, do you want to meet at the park? Yes, no. And, you know, it was like if you're going on a date, you had to show up because the person was expecting you. You know, now it's easy to cancel or just ghost someone. So and even now, like sometimes there's just times where. Instead of like if someone's texting me and it's too much, I'm like, can I just call you? Like, I just want to talk to you on the phone. I don't want to text. So, you know, I think for some of the newer generation, this is just their world. Like it's just easier to do it online. Whereas I think if you're still older and you've, you know, typically in the past been able to go and approach someone on a date um, or blind date, you might be more open to, you know, if someone bumps into you and a a stranger smiles or starts talking to you, be a little bit more receptive as opposed to, okay, this is weird. Why are you talking to me? Because there's so much non-talking in the world these days. So it's, you know, and especially with COVID, a lot of people went back into their shells, still feel very awkward in social settings and situations. So it just really depends. I think it can still happen, but it's just a matter of if that person or people in those situations are open to being less guarded and letting it happen. 
Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. 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 So true. And I mean, I, I've done the online dating thing. I mean, it's been years. I But, you know, and again, it is probably generational, right? Like I, I grew up, you know, around people, not so much behind a, a computer screen. So what I was always uncomfortable with, with the online dating thing was giving so much of myself in terms of information, because I'm just like, ah, I don't want to like, I don't want to put myself out there to that degree. I want someone to learn about me as we sort of go along. But at the same time, I understand that you kind of have to do that because that is the only way that these other people are going to know who you are is if you tell them who you are. I was just always, you know, I understand it on a sort of, you know, I understand it on one level, but on the other level, I was always uncomfortable putting out so much information about mm-hmm. myself, you know, but that again, just because of my age, you know, I think that's, that's sort of, like you said, kids nowadays, you know, that's how they communicate the texting, the more the texting and, you know, Snapchat and like everything is online and they develop those relationships online and, yeah. and then, you know, yeah. And so I think it's probably a- easier to have multiple partners now, whereas before, if you're dating someone, you're setting aside like a couple of hours to go spend with them. So it's like, you know, you set up the weekend to have this date and you're out. And now I always think like if I was single and I'm online dating and then you're doing so much communication online, like this person could equally be communicating with so many other people online because it's not like you're taking that three to four hours of your day to go spend with someone. You can just be talking to how many other people you want. And that's what scares mm-hmm. me about it, because it's like, you know, not to say that somebody who's with you couldn't do the same. I just think now it's a little bit easier to get away with it, too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Now, I've done a number of blind dates uh, in the past set up by people who are very close to me. Um, obviously, unfortunately, they, they haven't worked out. But I, I love to get those in-person meetings because you feel a little more comfortable. One, because you've got the the connection of the friend or the family member that's, you know, gotten you together or introduced you in this form. Um, so you've got that to start off as a, an icebreaker, I guess, and then go from there. But if that were to happen today, somebody setting you up, they could also be uh, looking at their phone and setting up other mm. dates at the mm-hmm. same time while you're meeting them in person. So, yeah, I guess it's uh, what you're willing to um, to get into or uh, commit to, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah. And it feels like it's almost easier because you, you know, have more people to kind of meet online, but it's also harder because you're, you know, friends I've talked to who are doing this, they say, you know, you're always one swipe away from someone better. <laughs> Whereas I think <laughs> like when I met my husband, you know, there wasn't a lot of, um, you know, it was just basically like, oh, I'm attracted to you. You're attracted to me. Great. Let's date. You know, whereas yeah. now there's so many more factors and you could always be like, well, what's next? What's next? It, you know, it's just almost easier in that way to to meet people, but harder to really want to connect because there's just so much to choose from. Yeah, it's a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We'll just throw out this one thing because I just wanted to know, <laughs> you know, like like many women, um, we tend to like eat when we're stressed or like we just have stuff. So Tara throughout the book, she's like addicted to chips and cheesies. And she eats them with abandon. Like, do you guys? Yeah. Do you guys have like that? Like, what's your what is your guilty pleasure? Like, if you get stressed or if like something's going on, it's like I'm just gonna go grab what? What am I gonna go grab? Oh my gosh! Usually everything and anything in front of me. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Love it. 
but but it's definitely like Reese peanut butter cups um, or, you know, something mm. peanut butter, something chocolate, but usually the, the peanut butter chocolate combo. Yeah, for me, a glass of red wine paired with some sweet chili heat Doritos. Oh, I sweet. love sweet chili. Yes. Oh, oh, that's the go-to, the flavor, both the flavors in your mouth. It's just like, yes, this is getting me through some, mm-hmm. my, my difficult day. Yeah. Love or chips it. Like the old chips and dip doesn't matter what kind of chip. Uh, if there's a like an onion dip, I'm I'm game on. Mm. Mm. And what about you, Tanya? I'm like a, I'm like a cheese. I'm I'm Cheetos cheesy puffs. Like so I can't. I can. So I'm gonna say. I sometimes I I'll go buy like a big bag because I just have a craving for them, and I'll just sit there and I'll eat them. And you get orange fingers like Tara does. Yeah. Like I still, I'm like, oh my gosh, I do that. I do that. My tummy <laughs> is not happy with me at all. The red wine, Simone, I, you know, they pair, it's funny because I remember in the liquor store, they were pairing some, I think it was Woodbridge with Miss Vicky's and you'd Ooh. go buy like a bottle of wine and then there'd be a, a coupon for like oh. a Miss Vicky's bag of chips. And it well, works, that's smart. honestly, not, like the regular ones, the ones in the red bag. Yeah. Red wine and Miss Vicky's regular the chips. The barbecue Pretty flavor. Yummy. Yeah. The Ooh, red bag. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just yummy. Yeah. Yummy. Yep. Yep. Very good. <laughs> Now I'm Clever taking notes there. of what I need to pick up on the way home. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but okay. peanut butter and chocolate, hey, yeah, yeah. Yum. <laughs> the perfect time to connect with the author of X's and O's, Amy Lee, and ask some of our burning questions. Hi, Amy. You've got Simone, Deb, and Tanya here with you today. Thank you, guys. <laughs> you as well. We are so thrilled and so excited to have you with us and um, and talk about your sweet and ever so hot rom com that you've created for us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you guys. This has been such a, a fun, a funny, and and very entertaining read. Was it as fun creating this as it was for us reading it? Oh, absolutely. I think I've written about five books now, and this one I was was definitely my favorite book that I've ever written. I think just because getting into the mind of Tara, the main character, um, and, and just really, you know, amping up her, her thoughts and her actions was just so, so fun for me. And, and you know, just delving into that humorous side was, was a really good time. <laughs> I really enjoyed this one because it was a slow burn, and I haven't read anything like that recently. So it's almost like it makes you want to read faster because you're like, when are we going to get to what we need to get to, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And the three of us were talking. There's never really been a book that I've read where you're rooting for the character to almost hook up with an ex-boyfriend, but at the same time, you're rooting for her to hook up with uh, Trevor. So what was kind of the thought process behind that? (laughs) Yes, I mean, that was was interesting because when I first started conceiving of the idea, you know, that this romance, success, hopeless romantic, basically, would, you know, go on a journey to see if she can have a second chance romance, I originally had planned for her to end up with an ex, so that it was, you know, a true second chance kind of love story. And uh, one of the things that I've learned, I guess, as a writer, when, you know, developing a character, is to never give your character what they want. In, in the beginning um, and you know because that was her goal straight from the first couple chapters and it's always much easier to you know throw a bunch of roadblocks in there and then make them in the end realize that they want something different 
And uh, I think that, you know, really allows for a more fulsome character arc. And so I just thought, you know, let's give her a really hot roommate (laughs) and see where that goes. And, you know, have her end up with somebody that she did not expect to end up with. And it was a very hot roommate. (laughs) Oh, like... Yeah, yeah, we all still have have thoughts of him and we'll continue to have thoughts of him for many more days. <laughs> I saw on your Instagram you were doing a giveaway for Je- uh, Trevor Metcalf bookmarks and I was almost like, oh my gosh, I need one of those bookmarks in my life. <laughs> I will have to send one to you. <laughs> With the list of uh, Tara's exes and, and talking about how Trevor was not, um, you know, top of mind for her right away, can you tell us who you might have been thinking of with, with those exes? So definitely Daniel, who was her, you know, kind of childhood mm. crush, first love. Um, I, I, I love second chance romances, you know, where they're together at some point in their life and then they have years of distance and then come back together. I just, there's something so like nostalgic and romantic about that. And so that was the original thought. Um, and, and, you know, the, of the exes on the list, there's some that are really horrible, some that are, you know, sort of in the middle. And then he, in particular, was actually really great, but he just wasn't for her And uh, in the end. But I, originally, he would have been the front runner, I think. <laughs> we all loved him. Yeah, you him. wrote it. He was, <laughs> uh, we loved him. I think all of us said, yeah, Daniel. And it was just sort of <laughs> really lovely how you handled that writing Daniel. I just, I think I fell in love with him. <laughs> Because he was just so sweet, and then you realize that, you know, she's not the guy for her. Um, this is Tanya here in Edmonton, Amy. Um, you use the word crazy a lot in the book about crazy ex-girlfriends. And, you know, she meets all these exes, and they're like, yeah, you were a little crazy. You were this. Like, why did you, uh, what were you trying to to kind of convey in, in talking about that all the time? And, and making her like, the you know, these crazy ex-girlfriend and a lot of women get called that and so what were you hoping to sort of say by by writing about it right i, I think in the media in general in, in so many rom-coms that i watch whether that's movie film tv books um, you always see the portrayal of the crazy ex-girlfriend and it's always you know this crazy girl yelling at the sky and then, you know, they're usually used for comedic purposes to sort of set the, the guy on a, on the path to the much calmer, level-headed love interest. And I always thought, you know, there, there's a story behind this ex-girlfriend character. Why is she portrayed as crazy? And, you know, what did she just randomly decide she was going to freak out? Or did the man actually do something to make her angry? And mm-hmm. I in society, women's emotions, if they're heightened just a little bit, they often just get written off as, you know, quote, crazy. And I always think of the movie How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days with uh, Kate Hudson yeah. and Matt McConaughey, one of the classics. And um, it, it always struck me how Kate Hudson's character originally is, you know, this super cool, one of the guys kind of girl. She can eat burgers. She loves sports. And then when she purposely begins to act clingy and drive him away, uh, that's the portrayal of, you know, a crazy girl. And I just thought it would be interesting to really tackle that and delve in deeper as to why, why it's so easy to write women off that way. And, you know, Tara, of course, pushes that boundary. And, you know, I did that for the comedic purposes, but I think that a lot of women 
will be able to relate on some level to, you know, being called that in the past or, you know, having heightened emotions and, and people misconstruing that. So that's pretty much what I wanted to do and, you know, humanize them and show how harmful these stereotypes can be as well and really show that even though you may be guided by your heart and emotion, it shouldn't be viewed as a weakness, but as a strength. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, women, we are very different creatures, you know, like we 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 are not men and um, and we act, like you say, heightened emotions. We react to things in, in differently than men will, you know, and oftentimes it is construed as being, you know, she's crazy. Like, no, she's not. Yeah. <laughs> We're just reacting yeah. off of what you're giving us, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And sometimes, there, you know, there's a lot of gaslighting involved in that. It, it's easy to say, oh, she's crazy. But really, what what did you do? Though? <laughs> there's probably a long list of, of things that she would say that you did to, to get her to this point. And that's often overlooked. Mm-hmm. What's interesting when the three of us were talking, um, you know, the search Tara has for meeting up again with, you know, she's got this list of 10 ex-boyfriends. She doesn't meet all of them. But Deb had a moment during our conversation where she's like, maybe I should uh, reach out to some exes and find out, you know, where things <laughs> took a turn. You know, Has anyone else mentioned this to you or been inspired to do this after reading this book? Uh, yeah. You know what? I have had a couple people message me and say that they it made them think about their exes. I don't know for sure if they have reached out, um, but it, I think it's yeah. There's a lot of people who it kind of prompted them to think about people that they've been with in the past. And I know for me, writing it, I, I did the same. I, I definitely didn't reach out, <laughs> but yeah, it made me think about about past relationships and kind of reflect a little bit. Yeah, and not not that I um, ex- am expecting you know the fairy tale or happily ever after with them but just to get that closure and have a discussion and and then kind of sit with them and think wow that was really a different time like you know she was able to look back and think and and question herself as to how they got together in the first place but also in the same light as the the crazy ex-girlfriend or the crazy girl is it because we've grown up with always wanting the fairy tale or from, you know, when we were quite young, the fairy tale written for us was quite different from what it could be now. I love romance and I still believe in some kind of a fairy tale and happily ever after. I think you do too, right? Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think it, it looks very different for different characters. And that's one of the most fun things as a romance writer is exploring these different characters and and really examining what their happily ever after will be. You know, some people it does it's not marriage and kids and the white picket fence. Some people it's you know their careers first, and it is just really fun to explore those goals through the lens of different people. I like that. Like, what's your fairy tale? What does it look like? Honestly, a, a mix. I think um, I, I definitely. I mean, I am married. Um, and I'm pregnant, so I'm you know going to have the the whole. Oh, congratulations! congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. But I also, you know, career has always been really important to me, and so I spent after you know I finished school, I went straight into career and have been doing that for the past almost decade now, and then started doing writing, and so it, it's kind of a mix, I think, of of chasing goals and making sure that there's nothing that I regret. But then also, you know, leaning into to love, and you know, I think finding the the want to find somebody and somebody to share your life with is just so 
so universal and something that most people do want, even if they don't want to admit that. <laughs> yeah, so true. Um, I had never read any of your books prior to this, but this is part of like a trilogy. So you had um, Set on You that featured Crystal storyline, and now we've got this, and then your next one will be more about Mel. So how did you kind of come up with this concept, and is there a specific reason they're all kind of influencers? Yeah, so the, yes, it's, tr- it's a trilogy. They all technically can be read as standalone and they can be read out of order. I sort of wrote them on purpose that way. Uh, Set on You was the first one, like you said, and I think when I was pitching the idea to my agent and my editors, we kind of realized, you know, we have two strong side characters here, especially Tara. I think when I was writing her as Crystal's sister, you know, as, as, as the support for Crystal, I was just drawn to her voice and her personality immediately, and kind of realized, hmm, this girl deserves a happily ever after. Uh, because in the in the first book, you see her as just coming off of the big breakup. Her wedding has been canceled. And I just felt bad for her and thought she, she deserves the book as well. I think the influencer thing came out just because influencers are so huge now. They've just had literally so much influence in, in pop culture today and I just thought it would be interesting to capture girls who have harnessed that and really um, taken that on. And for Tara in particular, it was easy for me to conceive of her as somebody who is a, a big book reviewer, big on TikTok, because I think with the difference between being a fitness influencer like Crystal in the first book and then a fashion influencer like Melanie is in the third is, you know, book influencers and book reviewers don't get paid, really, aside from in free books. And she is such a passionate person that it just fit her character to do something purely for the love of it. And and her obsession with romance extends so far that she, you know, reads them so much and and wants other people to be able to experience them as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. You have a, a full-time job, right? Like kind of what you want to call I a day do. job. like, um, And, you know, maybe doing something that is not your passion. And, of course, you are now writing books. Like, when did you decide to, you know, to take this on? Because, of course, you're doing it outside of the job. And, and how has that journey been for you? Right. Honestly, it's been a, a lifelong journey, I guess you could say. I, I've, I've written pretty much since I was old enough to write in crayon when I was a little kid. Um, I always loved reading, and so books always were a massive inspiration to me. Uh, as a preteen, I would you know, sit on the family desktop and write angsty teen love triangle romances. So when I went away to university, I, I stopped reading and stopped writing just because, you know, academic responsibilities, social life. And then it wasn't until my I guess in the 20s when I started working my full-time job where I just wanted, you know, a fun outlet and a fun hobby. And so I got back into reading romance and fell in love with the genre and, you know, just had inspiration as I read to just maybe try my hand at it again. And because I had taken so many years off of doing any creative writing, it <laughs> I opened the first Word document and started typing and I, I reread what I typed and thought, oh gosh, I'm, I, I'm not cut out for this. Um, so I really had to uh, had to practice because in my day job, I write, you know, very short to the point briefing notes and, and things like that. And it, it's totally a different type of writing than, than creative writing, of course. 
So it took a long time to get back into it. But once I did, I, I couldn't stop. And I, I just got really, really excited about, you know, where romance is going and, and how much it's changed over the past uh, decade. And yeah, yeah that it, the first book. <laughs> and what do you think, like, you know, I have people, you know, over the years that, you know, if I'm reading a book that is is anywhere near a romance, I get the raised eyebrow or, you know, or you talk about the Hallmark mm-hmm. movies, right? Like, yeah. you, think, you know, there is there is a place, there is a place for romance novels in our lives and movies, right? Absolutely. You know, they serve a purpose. Oh, well, sure. I think romance, you know, why do people love puppies and joy? Romance is that. And I think it, it shows us portrayals of healthy communication and consent that we don't often get in other forms of media. You know, I think of portrayals of relationships in shows like Game of Thrones. Like, it's, it's just totally different. And I think that it always has had a negative stigma um, as, you know, a guilty pleasure or just an easy read, even though, realistically, it's the most profitable genre in fiction. And I think the mm. reason for this is, we live in such a patriarchal society, unfortunately, mm. where things that women enjoy traditionally are devalued. And, you know, it's important to note romance is not just for women, but it is historically is, is much of the readership. And I think sometimes society values stories that really focus on hardship and grief and despair as, as part of the human condition. And, you know, people view those as literary and realistic. Um, but, I don't understand why, you know, love and happiness isn't equally valued. And I think it is kind of a notion that's really steeped in privilege in a sense, because um, sometimes people who who are having a really hard time in life can't always handle consuming dark books. And people need that escape, especially in the past couple of years. Things have been tough. And uh, I think also there's a misconception that all romance is, super light and fluffy, but I think now we're really seeing a turn in in romance handling a lot of difficult topics, uh, and very well, you know, things like grief, mental health, and um, yeah, I think that romance is Mm -hmm. really, really shifting, and people should stop being so ashamed of of liking what we like, and, and, you know, wanting a happy escape. The more the merrier, I say. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and more Trevor's, <laughs> more Trevor's. So, Amy, when does the next book, The Catch, release? So that one should come out, I believe, early 2024. So mm-hmm. next winter. Ooh, so yeah. So Excellent. I guess between the baby and everything, it's going to be a busy time for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I just finished the edits on it, though. So hopefully the rest will be uh, a fair, fairly smooth sailing for me. <laughs> Amazing. Looking forward to that. Yes. Mm -hmm. We like to ask this as well. It just seems so fitting that your your writing should be on the screen as well for more people to take in. And so we can, you know, have a closer look at Tara and Trevor. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that would be the dream. That would be amazing. (laughs) But nothing in the works? No talks? Uh, not, not that I can say right now. No, I have had a lot of people say that it, they can see it play out when they read it, mm-hmm. uh, as, as a film. So it would be, it would be really, really fun to see that. Yeah. And just seeing all the other characters, all the other exes outside of Trevor and, and what they're like, we just, maybe we don't want to see a lot of Segway Jeff, but I think the yeah. others or <laughs> Seth, we don't even know about Seth, but the other ones would be kind of fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah 100%. It would be fun to cast 
some of those characters. <laughs> and my husband's a realtor, so I, you know, the realtor ex, I was like, oh, he seems really hot, but except for he was too much, too douchey. But he was. <laughs> Yes, unfortunately turned out to be a (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Amy, for chatting with us. Like we said, uh, we loved X's and O's. Um, Such a great uh, read, and we're all hopeless romantics, so it was a lot of fun. And uh, thanks again for chatting with us. Well, thank you. I'm so glad you guys enjoyed it, and it was was such a pleasure to uh, be on on with you guys and and chat. Thank you you so much, Amy. (laughs) And good luck with the family. (laughs) Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. Bye, Amy. Take Take care. care. Bye-bye. Thank you for kicking back and relaxing with us. We hope you'll join us again on Relaxing Reads.